Like this man is transforming for five minutes, and you're just standing there like a goddamn goof. Yeah. Like just run, <laughs> run, bitch, run. You really scared me, you shithead. You gonna help me up or what? It seems to be a sudden general explosion of mass homicide. some people David Kessler this is Gerald Bringsley Gerald's the man you murdered on the subway we thought it best for you not to see him as he's a fresh kill and still pretty messy yes I do look most unpleasant why are you doing this to me this isn't Mr. Goodman's idea he's your good friend what is I I'm a victim of your carnivorous lunar activities. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. Look at me. Here I sit in a porno theater in Piccadilly Circus talking to a corpse. <laughs> and I'm Sean of the Dead. These dumbass kids, they never appreciate anything you do for them. <laughs> and tonight we are talking about a long-awaited episode. We're doing An American Werewolf in London from 1981, directed by John Landis. We have Erica Wright. I am not going to be threatened by a walking meatloaf. <laughs> Nico Nice. I didn't mean to call you a meatloaf, Jack. Dave <laughs> German. A naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> Mac the All-Star. Can I have a piece of toast? <laughs> You're so good. Uh, Rob, the cinema drunkie and the glada. Get the fuck out of here, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a returning guest, uh, Ryan Rodriguez. Hi. Hello. You're not real. Don't be a putz, David. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. So, um, Ryan, I'm going to let you start us off tonight. Uh, what do you have to say about An American Werewolf in London? Sure. This is my favorite horror movie, bar none. It was the first one I ever watched in its entirety a second time because I was that much of a puss. Uh, was. I'm saying was, as if I'm not still. Uh, <laughs> but it's easily John Landis's finest hour, which is strange considering that he's typically known for comedy. And while this is funny, it's a very funny movie. It's not a comedy. Uh, but yet he, I think right out the bat when he set down to make this movie, made an American masterpiece. And I'm really happy to hear what you guys have to say on it tonight. Awesome. Uh, Nico. Okay, so just like Ryan, this this is my all-time favorite horror movie by far. Um, and ironically, the only reason why I even found out about this movie was I was just like Ryan. I was a little pussy when it came to horror movies back in the day. But we had Michael Jackson's thriller, the, the VHS from, uh, from Vestron video. And I used to be shit scared when the werewolf scene would happen, ironically, but I could watch the zombie dances. So one day my mom finally sat me down and she's like, look, 
cut the shit, just sit down, watch it. Maybe watch it, freaking the fuck out. Maybe watch it. She's like, all right, now you're going to see how they did it. Because it was on right after, because it has like the making of documentary right after. And during the course of that is when they're having the actual sit down with Michael Jackson and John Landis. And Landis is going over the movies. He's like, oh, well, did you see Animal House? He's like, no. Blues Brothers, no. Kentucky Fried Movie, he's like, I saw, but really it was American Werewolf in London that really got me. So I was like, huh. And then they showed the actual clip of it. And I'm like, wow, that looks pretty fucking cool. I kind of saw American Werewolf at a very young age and it and it stuck with me. And I noticed that a lot of the similarities were there, especially during which I know we'll get into the transformation scene later. The the sound effects were the same from when Michael Jackson's character is turning into the the werecat and David's turning into the werewolf in, in this film. Um this was honestly, and, and I this is how old I am. Um I was it was a random Sunday. We went to the mall. It was just before I started, way before I started working at Sun Coast, I was still living in Jersey. I actually had my own money. So this is the very first VHS that I bought myself with my own money was a copy of American Werewolf in London. And I think I warped it because of how often I used to watch that fucking movie. But this is this is by far my my all time favorite horror movie. And I cannot wait to keep talking about this throughout the uh, throughout the episode. Awesome. Um, that brings me up to that. And what's interesting is you guys both said similar things to what I have to say. Um, and Nico and I were, you know, we're the same age, basically. I'm about to meet you up next month. But yeah, I was terrified of Thriller. I, it scared the shit out of me. And so my mom made me sit down like like that and watch it because they would show it and then they'd show the making of it on MTV. And she made me watch that and I was scared to death. And then she then that wasn't enough. She's like, no, I have a movie for you to see. My mom was always educating me. So she showed me American Werewolf in London. Now, here's the funny part. Um, you guys know me. I'll pretty much watch whatever. I love horror movies now. But back then I was such a scaredy cat. And this movie scared me so bad that I didn't watch it again until last night. I hadn't seen it since I was probably eight-ish. Oh, seven. wow. Yeah, I never went back to it because it scared me. And, it, and and that's coming off, you know, like you guys know that Romero is my thing. And I'll, I went back and I rewatched Day of Dead. I rewatched Dawn of Dead. I rewatched Night Living Dead, even though they scared the shit out of me. This one, I was like, I'm not going near that shit. Because um, it was good, but it scared me. It's, there were so many, like, great parts that are so scary. And that contrasted with the comedy. It was just the perfect mix. It was really kind of the birth of the horror comedy. Um, you know, we would get other things from this. Uh, I think it's such an important film. But, uh, yeah, I mean, still, like, those parts that, that scared me when I was a kid, you know, they're still there. They still work. And and now that I'm older and have more wisdom, I, I'm, you know, I was interested, like, wow, how they do that, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's one of the most famous, like, um, transfer. it is the most famous transformation scene ever as far as a werewolf. So, um, yeah, I just, I just was, it's super impressive. Like, I cannot laud this movie enough, but uh, I guess, you know, at some point I have to shut up, so that I'll pick now. Yeah, and, you know, like everybody else here, like, you know, I was obsessed with Thriller when I was a kid. Um, anytime the, the music video came on MTV, I was watching it, I saw the making of, I had it on vinyl, and I would play the shit out of it to the point to where my mom was ready to break the fucking thing. Um, <laughs> I was just, you know, as a kid in the 80s, I was just obsessed with it. And my dad, you know, we've talked, you know, a lot in the past about, you know, my dad was my intro to horror, and he would rent these 
these movies from the the video store and let me watch them. And this was one of the ones. This was one of our VHS rents. And, uh, you know, there were things about this movie I enjoyed, but I was so young that there were a lot of things about it that kind of I didn't really wrap my head around. Um, I remember the uh, the scene with the Nazi werewolves, like (laughs) kind of throwing me for a loop when I was a kid because I didn't really understand what was going on. Hadn't learned about, you know, a lot about World War Two or anything like that. So I didn't really understand any of it. Um, Didn't see this movie for a long time. And that's the thing that Candy and I talked about. Like, I love this movie. This movie is really awesome. But it was one of those movies that like I watched when I was a kid and I didn't really watch again until like maybe my late 20s. Um, and you know, obviously enjoyed it then. And then when we went back and revisited last night, um, it had been a good 15 years since I'd seen it. And, you know, I was curious if this was going to hold up to the test of time and by God, I mean, Rick Baker's effects on this are just amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, to the point to where our son, Ash, which we talk about a lot, he's, we're trying to get him into horror movies and stuff. And he walked in the room right during the transformation scene, and I said, dude, whatever you're doing, stop right now. You have to watch this. And he stood there and watched it, and he was kind of like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> you know. And this is a kid that's so used to what we have now with CGI and you know, not so much practical effects, you know, and and you know, he was he was into it. And I mean it it still it it holds up. Just real quick before you just to kind of PS with that. Just like you, Sean, I think we warped our thriller VHS to the point like it's, it was completely unwatchable. Like like that's how much we watched that that thing as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, me too. <laughs> Once I got over being scared shitless. Um, Erica. Oh, so I can't speak to the thriller um, comparison because I wasn't allowed to watch that. Uh, but <laughs> you're not I, bitter. Yeah, I saw American Werewolf in London. The in the nineties, I think probably on monster vision. Um, and then just like, loved it, loved the hell out of it. Like, uh, some of you said, it's like this great mixture of, uh, horror and comedy, which you could say are kind of interconnected, um, emotions. Like it's, uh, funny if it happens to someone else, it's horror if it happens to you. Uh, so like, this is one of those movies that got just the right balance and the, it hit the right emotional notes all the way through. Like it was so, tragic you really feel for the main character but there are these laugh out loud funny moments and uh yeah this the transformation scene still holds up to this day like i would rather watch this transformation scene than any cgi shit like any day yeah absolutely um rob so if to the listeners out there if you've been following this show from the very first season you all would know that um my two favorite kind of I love all horror, but my two favorite kind of horror movies are slasher movies and monster movies, particularly werewolf movies. I've made my love of werewolf movies known many times throughout the course of this show. And uh, yeah, this definitely is in my top three. I won't necessarily put it as my favorite one. Um, maybe top maybe the number two. I, I, I prefer Bad Moon over this one. Um, but, uh, yes, yes, Nico, I do. I do. I love Bad Moon. <laughs> the books could kill. So defensive. I know I'm really it, dark here, but I'm shaking my head as well. <laughs> thank, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, Bad still, Moon, I still love you, bro. I still love you. No, I love you too, but Bad Moon fucking rules, dude. Um, <laughs> but yes, this, this was, I, I, I first saw this years ago when I was first getting into 
horror, like specifically like werewolf movies. And I loved all the, you know, Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr., Curse of the Werewolf with uh, dude um, Oliver Reed, which is uh, dropped in this one. Uh, one of my favorite lines is, like, you ever see the Wolfman? Is that the one with Oliver Reed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and yeah, this is this is I, I watched this one at the same time I watched The Howling for the first time because um uh definitely wanted to see because you know it was the battle of which transformation scene was best this one of the howling obviously i thought this one was better um rick baker's uh effects would obviously won the oscar and deservedly so uh created the oscar yeah 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 yeah. there wasn't the first time that oscar had ever been given out they, they couldn't they couldn't ignore it anymore yeah 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 that uh it it definitely deserved uh to, to to win the Oscar for makeup effects because the transformation and all the makeup effects like fucking um uh Jack's uh torn up features like uh that 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 when we first see him as as a ghost that little piece of wiggling flesh on his fucking neck <laughs> is, 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 is so it's so incredible uh uh it is it's just it's just such a glorious movie like I I do agree with Ryan that is uh reputed murderer john landis best movie um <laughs> i was gonna say, say that yeah i was wondering i was wondering if we we're gonna get to that Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no let, 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 let me do it let me start let me start it off and shit uh, he made a great movie he made a bunch of great movies but he's a fucking murderer and fuck him and his oh shit yes oh and echo oh. seconded yeah yeah uh, uh, well especially his Sorry. son I, I just got just yeah. got cold in here Especially his son, fuck Max Landis. Um, yeah, look that up if you're not familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah but uh, yeah, this is definitely just one of the greatest werewolf movies ever made. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a comedy. I just think it's a straight, full horror movie that just happens to be really funny. It's basically like uh, the scream for its error because I don't think Scream is, is a, a, a comedy either. I just think it's a you know straight horror movie that just happens to be really, really funny, and so is this one. And uh, yeah, I love this fucking movie to death. Like, it's it's one of my all-time favorites. I didn't even rewatch it for the purposes of this discussion because I've seen it so many times and shit. I I just basically recalling it verbatim from memory and shit because that's how much I watch this movie and that's how much I love it. So yeah, 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 definitely uh, one of my top favorite horror movies and werewolf movies ever. Awesome, um, Matt. So for me, this was the very first time I've seen this movie. Now I've heard about it. Throughout, like, you know, just hearing about it. I know they made references to music and stuff like that. Now, um, I know y'all were talking about Thriller. I've loved Thriller since I was a child, so I've always seen that. And I thought The Werewolf Den was pretty good. So when I'm checking this out, at first I thought it was going to be one of these movies that you guys usually put me onto that are, like, old. So the effects are old. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting here like, okay. So I'm watching, and the scene when he sees his dead friend in the hospital, I couldn't take my eyes off of his fucking neck. Yeah. I was like, yo, my God, that's that's great. All right, so it started getting me interesting. And then when he changed into a werewolf, I was like, yo, that's better than some <laughs> shit I see now. Right. And uh, it just opened me up from there. And then I just started noticing the funny little bits about it. And I remember having a discussion with my brother up there yesterday and he was like yo this movie slaps man trust me and by the time i was done i, I kind of wanted another 30 45 minutes <laughs> yeah 
I like let me just say that uh, when when we talked about doing our lines, uh, I was telling him how the, the the line is delivered, but I wouldn't spoil it for it. And I was like, you have to deliver it nonchalant because it, it, when you see the movie, the way the line is delivered is what makes it funnier. For the simple fact that he delivers it so nonchalantly, and the fact that he's all torn up, and that's what makes it funny. Can I have a piece of toast? Like it's just like <laughs> it's just whatever and shit. But the fact that he's ripped the goddamn shreds is what makes it funny. And that's yeah. my favorite. Finality of death. It's like yeah, yeah, I'm dead. So what? Whatever. Yeah, that, I'm that, still that's hungry. My, that's my favorite scene in the fucking movie and shit right there. The uh, is uh, <laughs> can I have a piece of toast? Get the fuck out of here, Jack. I love that scene so much. <laughs> um, Dave. So what? What? Uh, the hooks that this movie has, especially early on, not early on, the very first scene is when uh, the driver of that truck lowers the back of that truck and you see them in there with the sheep. Like, you go into this movie, you know it's called American Werewolf in London, so you know you're getting a werewolf movie. It's in the title, obviously. But I, I think the first time I watched it, I wasn't expecting the comedy portions to be quite as funny. And then the, the, the driver lowers that the truck, uh, the, the back of the truck bed, and you see them in there with the sheep, with those expressions on their faces. And the, I think the very first thing Griffin Dunn says is to the driver, you have lovely sheep. Yeah. So the, it, it, right away, it's, it sets, it, it's telling you what it's going to be. Like, you know it's going to be a werewolf movie because of the title, but you from the, the banter, especially the banter between Griffin Dunn and, uh, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank on the other David stars. David David I'm so sorry, David. I'm so sorry. I apologize if he's listening. The, the banter between them is what sets up the comedy. Like, they're friends, especially Griffin Dunn. He's, he's like the horny, you know, ne'er-do-well friend who always says the wrong thing at the wrong time, and you know that's going to be the shtick going on. That that so even the very opening movie is telling you what it's going to be. I'm a werewolf movie, but you've got lovely sheep, okay? But it's also going to be that kind of movie. <laughs> and also when they get to the slaughtered lamb, and uh, the the the, uh, the older bar patron tells the uh, Alamo joke, and they're all laughing, and Griffin Dunn has to has to blurt out, "So <laughs> what's with that pentagram on the wall?" And just yeah. dead silence. Like that's the kind I was. My experience with horror comedy up to that point had been like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Which is a classic, yes. but this, this, this took it to a little bit more of a, a – this kind of modernized it for me. And, and so I love the fact that it, it, it right away telegraphs, we're going to be this kind of movie. You're going to get a, a werewolf movie, but it's going to be this sort of biting, funny, sarcastic comedy, mm -hmm. uh, which you get in droves in this movie. There's so much funny stuff in this movie. I, 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 I disagree when people say it's not a comedy. It is a comedy. This movie's got some hilarious dialogue in it, hilarious dialogue. It's just surrounded by. It's also surrounded by some really effective horror. Yes. And and Dave, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying too, you know, Landis himself has even said that in the opening when we meet Jack and David, it's not coincidence that they're surrounded by sheep. Yeah. <laughs> right. he, he, he's like he's like you know that they're going to be dead by the time the final frame hits, and plus, you know, the, so and they go to the slaughtered lamb. They're in a truck full of sheep, and they wind up at the slaughtered right. lamb. And, and and even something, I mean, even you said you go based on the actual title. What's what's the saying? A wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. You know. Okay, uh, Nico, you're up. All right, so I I think um you know we've all been kind of talking about it, and I know this is usually Sean's apartment, but if you don't mind, I I might just take over just for this one with the transformation scene, with how fucking phenomenal that that whole scene was and the fact that they had the balls to do this in bright light yes every other transom including the, the the howling which you know apparently 81 was like full moon fever because we had the howling wolfin and and this 
Yeah. And, you know, you know, all, all three are actually pretty effective movies in their own right. You know, the other two are very effective and, you know, for what, what they're trying to accomplish. But there was just something about this one that I think mainly it was that transformation scene. Like there's that famous bit where Rick Baker got pissed when they're doing like the actual change ahead. And he only shot it for three seconds and he yelled cut. And he got he's like, we worked months on that. And he's like, does it do anything else? No. OK, then I got the shot. And then I guess, um, you know, Rick Baker saw the movie with the with the packed house in, in Westwood in California. And when they like applauded during that scene, he was like, all right. So then I guess it really was all worth it in the end. But, you know, that Oscar. Helped. And it's like, <laughs> right. And plus, you know, not for nothing. It's like even you said, like your your son walked in and you said, stop what you're doing. Watch the transformation scene to this day. There still is nothing. There's nothing even remotely close mm-hmm. to that fucking transformation scene. Like, there's been, you know, you got Ginger Snaps, you have other werewolf movies, but I don't think any of them hold a candle transformation scene to that scene. And it almost I mean, there's even happen. one point, right, and if you notice, there's, you know, the one scene, you know, when the, the face, like, his, his, like, muzzle really starts, like, to come out during that scene, when they when they do, like, like that quick, brilliant cut to Mickey Mouse looking at him during the transformation <laughs> scene, right. which I think is, which I think is funny as shit. Um yeah. And he opens the eye. Like, if you look really close, and especially now with the advent of uh, Blu-rays and 4K, under, like, the one... Because I, I, I picked... I, I noticed this because I watched that movie consistently. There's, like, one. There's, like, a little seam. There's, like, a little tear right below the eye when he opens it. But even that little imperfection, like, still makes... Like, it's it's doesn't even take away from the scene as a whole. If you know, I, th- I think if anything, still, I mean, it, it like everybody just said, it rivals anything that CGI can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think, you know, when I run, was it Rob, Rob Botton, I guess, right? Didn't he go on yeah. to do the howling and then he went on to do? Peter was supposed to do the howling, and right. then and then and then, then got the moved fit. up, so yeah. he was able to do it instead, and, and yeah, recommended Rob Robotine. Was, Rob Bottine was uh, his guy, and yep. he ended up doing the howling while his, you know, the guy who taught him. Baker did this film. And I know I know Sean, you probably know more about like I mean I mean I know a lot about how like they did the scene because I've watched pretty much every behind the scene footage of this movie plus between with, with thriller how they did it because they were very similar. Um but I'm sure you know a little bit more about like the the that that actual overall scene. Although I don't know if you guys I mean I'm sure you guys know about the whole the fact that when Griffin Dunn had to get into the uh to the makeup when you know when he's torn apart when he's like the rotting corpse he couldn't get out of makeup and they would yell cut for lunch and nobody would sit by him because of how he looked and they had discussed the scene when he you know the actual you know can I have a piece of toast scene they were going to have it where he was going to eat the toast and it was going to come out of the throat which yeah. we all know this Peter Jackson did awesome. years later with with dead alive but um, I yeah, guess with the, with the ratings board and how to really pull it off, they wouldn't have been able to do it at that time compared to, you know, to, you know, almost what, 10, 10, 11 years later, they were able to get it done with, with Dead Alive. Yep. Exactly yeah. 11. Yeah. Exactly 11. Right. But I mean, I think like everybody else said, like, you know, Rick Baker, 100% well-deserved Oscar for, for that, especially for the transformation scene alone. I mean, Jack looks awesome. The Nazi werewolf demons look awesome, but that transformation scene is like fucking everything. Okay, I'm gonna jump in. Um, the the scene that kind of fucked me up as a kid, and it is where, you know, he's having a dream, but he, you know, it, I guess uh, David Naughton has a lot of problems with this particular makeup where he's laying in the bed in the hospital, but he's got the eyes and the teeth. I actually posted it on our Twitter earlier, but um, because I that scene fucked me up when he opens his eyes and he's got the teeth and he, it, it's just his face done. 
And I'm like, ah, what the fuck? You know, it's it scared me. And, um, you know, I was a little scaredy cat kid, like I said. But it's just like, you know, I kind of uh, basically like everything I was about to say um, was just said, you know, I was going to talk about Botine, you know, the protege doing the howling once um, Landis finally got the funding to do this film. And he wanted Baker to do the stuff. So Baker dropped out of the howling and said, uh, Rob Botine, you do it. And uh, you're my protege, <laughs> whatever. So that's what it's interesting that they're always compared because it came out the same year. But that's like master and apprentice shit right there. You know, I think it's interesting. But, yeah, I feel like so guilty because I never I, I had so much time to revisit this film from childhood and I just didn't do it. But if you pay any attention to the show, you know, we all have our favorite subgenres of film and I'm. I'm, I'm a Romero person, so I, it was like zombies and vampires for me. So it's, I think if I'd been more into werewolves, I would have visited it again um, many times. And I really, I really, really enjoy every moment of this film. Um, no time is wasted. Nothing is there that shouldn't be there. Um, everything matters. And I like that in a film, like, don't show me a bunch of bullshit that doesn't matter, like filler. This does no filler. It all matters at all. And it has a very tragic, you know, just, just story to it underneath Mm -hmm. this horror, underneath this comedy, there's just a sadness. And, and the fact that is his dead best friend, he's telling, dude, you got to kill yourself. Like that's pretty fucking dark. And you know, that, that stuck with me and just that ending, you're just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. What a bummer. Like, man, I just, my emotions just were on a fucking roller coaster. Like, I'm laughing, I'm scared, I'm interested, I'm concerned, I'm sad. I, yeah, everything is there. Like, I fucking hate John Landis. Um, <laughs> okay, here's the thing this is his personal favorite of his films. And he does regret the cuts that he had to make because they, the, yeah, he didn't later on in, in Whatever, but I, I don't like John Landis because he fucked up a movie that was going to be awesome, which we we didn't really talk about, but we did do a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, we didn't have time to talk about the movie, which I wanted to talk about the movie, but John Landis is a fucking murderer, and he ruined the legacy of the Twilight Zone movie. That's why nobody will go there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for killing Jennifer Jason Lee's dad. Um, oh, wow. wow. And and to uh, to touch on what what Nico was saying, yeah, the the transformation scene, you know, it was a whole bunch of different things. They used animatronics, liquid latex, um, bladders, which are kind of like airbags. Like the scene with the back, with the the bone, when the bones start coming out of the the you know popping out of the mm-hmm. flesh and stuff. It was you know they used bladders and and probably I would say you know maybe some styrofoam uh, or uh, some silicone, you know things like that. But, I mean, it was just it, – it's all about the way they film it, you know? And, like, you know, the scene, one of my favorite scenes, yeah, the sounds. And and the, one of my favorite scenes is, like, where it shows the hair coming out of the skin, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I, I didn't watch the making of, but I would imagine they filmed that in reverse, pulling the they hair did. in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, that'll – takes the Lon Chaney Jr. Right, right, yeah. The Wolfman. And and you know I mean just yeah the whole transformation seems amazing but you know shout out not only to Rick Baker there were a lot of makeup artists that worked on this but um, Steve Johnson from uh, Night, of Night of the Demons he was in you know he worked on this um, 
And I mean, it was just amazing, you know, the effects they did, um, the effects on on Jack. I mean, it was just all around like the effects in this were just fucking phenomenal. Okay, uh, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree with y'all about the transformation scene. Um, actuality, uh, R- uh, Rick Baker actually uh, started working on the Howling because uh, right. John John Landis had this idea for years. What happened was that. He was um, a cast member, I think, mostly a glorified extra on Kelly's Heroes. Mm-hmm. And, he was a and PA. They, they, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. And, Which um, is a great movie, I just gotta say. Sorry, great yeah, movie. You know, no, I love Ke- Kelly's Heroes, and there's a funny anecdote, but I won't get into the tangent on here. Um, <laughs> but uh, while he was being driven to set, uh, they were having a burial in the middle of the road. Now, um, going back to all the way to uh, Bela Lugosi's White Zombie. That movie opens with a burial in the road and, you know, they bury them in the road, you know, where people pass all the time, you know, in case that someone tries to come steal the bodies or the bodies will rise from the dead. And that's exactly what they were doing. And he he, he asked himself, well, what if it did rise up? What would happen? And that eventually led to the idea of this movie where he conceptualized this movie. And then when he did his first movie, Schlock, um, back in the 71, I believe uh rick baker worked on that one because he did the 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 ape suit on that one and rick baker is known for his love of apes and he's worked on uh he did famously uh gorillas in the mist and he made the the apes suits for that um and he told rick baker his idea for you know this werewolf movie yet and he was like oh yeah i, I want it to be the first werewolf movie that uh doesn't uh, have no dissolves no cuts we're going to see it, it uh, the, the werewolf transformation happen in real time. And Rick Baker was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, it's going to be fucking great. So he was creating ideas for that for years, waiting for John Landis to come up with the money to make the movie. And Landis, you know, couldn't get to, to make the movie until he did, uh, I believe, Animal House, where he became Animal a big House. name. And then, after, yeah. And but he was still waiting. And he's, you know, he had all these ideas. And he was getting sick and tired of waiting for Landis to hurry up and get the funding for the movie. And then The Howling came along and he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take my ideas and I'm going to go to The Howling. And he started working on The Howling. And then Landis gave him the call like, hey, dude, I got the funding for the movie. We're going to make a man for in London. And he was like, oh, shit, I'm already working on this werewolf movie, dude. And Landis was pissed like, you motherfucker, you're taking the ideas <laughs> that you have for my movie and you're giving it to that. So he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll leave. You know what I'm saying? And that's when he left Rob Bottin in charge to do uh, finish the, the howling. And then he went to the 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 American werewolf in London. And yeah, like, uh, I, I believe it was this movie, although the howling, too, had a hand in it as well, because. You know, we could talk about how great the transformation sequence in this one is, but the howling is also fucking phenomenal. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of ruined for the fact that D. Wallace is standing there the whole goddamn time that uh, uh, Robert Picardo is trans. Like, bitch, why <laughs> run? Goddamn it! I love you, D. Wallace, <laughs> but fucking like this man's transforming for five minutes and you're just standing there like a goddamn goof. Yeah. Like, just run, <laughs> run, bitch, run. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and also, also, um. Uh, as much as I love the transformation scene in here, the howling does have uh, that that line. Uh, I want to give you a piece of my mind, and he rips a piece of his brain out <laughs> through a bullet hole in his head. And like, yeah, that 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 will always get like, yeah, like uh, I love the howling for that scene right there, and, and Robert Ricardo. But uh, this popularized that transformation scene kind of thing throughout the 80s because after this, 
everybody was doing transformation scenes, they, fucking air bladder effects and mm-hmm. foam rubber, like uh, uh, off the top of my head, the Beast Within that came out like what uh, a year or two later after this. Yeah, that ending scene of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I rewatched it not too long ago, and it's like, yeah, that scene does not hold up because it's basically all just fucking air bladders and all that shit. The dude has. It just keeps yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like the dude has six air bladders in his fucking head and shit just blowing up. It looks goofy as fuck, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's like yeah, like we we waited the whole movie for this shit, and, it, and look at it. it, it looks stupid. <laughs> this shit is well, stupid. As fuck. I, I think I read or, or you know, somewhere that they they deliberately like wanted to see how far the air bladders. Yeah. Could which is why yeah. getting more and more like absurdly inflated and right. I think much, we've been talked about that yeah. in season one. Yeah. I remember us talking about that in season yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Rob, looks- I remember too. They they also said too that um that at Baker's suggestion, Landis had a cast, uh Griffin Dunn and David Norton six months prior to shooting for to begin yeah. because he <laughs> needed that amount of time to get them both ready for their makeup. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, most definitely. And uh, uh, it was great, too, because they were both, you know, uh, athletic men. So it was easy for them to be cast, you know, uh, better than um, the two suggestions they got from the studio. Yeah. Dan which Eckert. was Dan, and and John Belushi and Landis as much as as much as a fuckboy Landis is he was <laughs> he rightfully he rightfully said fuck no hell no <laughs> not at all I'm I'm gonna cast uh, uh, after hours and the fucking Dr Pepper guy and, and we're gonna kill it. <laughs> I, I think I'm it was sorry. Effort, it'd have to be a Canadian werewolf in London, though. After <laughs> <laughs> Hours is a good movie. Oh yeah, it is. I, I rewatched that like a uh, like couple months ago, and it's fucking fantastic. Still, it's, it's a still funny movie. Yeah, yeah, a funny movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, credit to Landis. I, I I don't like to give him much credit because he's a shithead and, and he <laughs> he could burn in hell for all I care. Um, but uh, he he did the goddamn I'm thing in this one. No, it is. It is true. Like I, I will say though that uh, he had a uh, on the DVD like years ago, like the DVD sp- special edition. He told a, f- a funny anecdote that I use to this day about um, being a schmuck, and I'll tell oh, him here. Yes. <laughs> you remember it, right? 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 When he was like, uh, when, uh, yeah, the, the husband yeah. is ar- the husband is arguing with his wife, and she was like, "You're the biggest schmuck I ever." Like, uh, if they ever had a, a, a world champion, an international world championship of Who's the biggest schmuck? You would come in third, and he's like, "Why third? Because you're a schmuck." Because you're a schmuck. So, so like, yeah, that's as far that's as far as the credit I'll give Landis. Like I said, him and his son could both die of fiery death, and I wouldn't give a fuck. Um, if 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 they, death, they gave Vic Morrow. That's true. If like, uh, I, 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 I have a couple things ooh. to say about that. Right. Got dark in here. Let me let me say this: If John and Max Landis were hanging off a cliff, and I was walking by, and they needed one fuck to save their lives, I wouldn't give them one. <laughs> wow. One, one thing one thing I will give them credit for because I know you know bringing up that that DVD special feature because when they had the conversation with them, he um I guess very very wisely um compared the transformation scene so like a, a a young kid going through puberty where like yes. it's basically like like yes. a dick metaphor yeah, like, yeah like like that like that whole transformation scene is basically like a guy getting a boner for the first time first time yeah really, 
which, which, you know, we all go, you know, as, as men and ladies, we go, we go through a completely different change as we hit adolescence and into, you know, once right. we hit puberty and started going to adulthood. So one day, oh, honey. Yeah, but even but even he said he's like you know he goes most of these you know transformation scenes you don't really hear like the bones like breaking and oh, yeah, that, that and this good. is a very painful scene especially like you see like like there's literal sweat coming yeah. off of him when he's when he's transforming right the the minute this, he starts animal the minute he starts transforming he's immediately drenched in sweat like yeah. it's just. And it's just absolutely like, and that's what he wanted to portray. Like, this is not fun. Like, you know, you so you see in the old timey werewolf movies, they just like, hey, what's happening? And go into dissolves and shit. And yeah, the fucking, yeah. Yeah, but this shit hurts like a motherfucker. You know, what I'm saying like screaming the, the entire time. In yeah, yeah, which is very reminiscent to when I had my first boner. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and, and it's true. Like, he, 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 he nailed it and shit. Like, you know, because it is true. Like, you know, you wake up and there's fucking hair on your cock and it's getting hard for no reason. It's like, what the fuck is, is happening? They would, they would visit upon with ginger snaps. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, that... Cool flight out. will be doing ginger snaps. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Perfect. You know, you know, you know, I'm I'm getting to really dislike Ghoul's Night Out because <laughs> I just keep taking all the good movies. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, strong oh, feminist shit. themes in them. I'm so, I talked about feminist. Hold on, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. I love that you guys are doing it. I think it's fucking awesome. I love the idea of Ghoul's Night Out. But y'all picking the best fucking movies to talk about and leaving us out of it. Like, I'm especially I'm especially mad about being left out of Carrie and the stepfather. Yeah, right. well, yes. I don't know, you know, you guys I hope have listened to some of the ghouls line out. No, no. I definitely listen I definitely listen to the bitch. We talk about feminism, we talk about female centric things that we you know, we want to take some movies that we we feel that that's the strongest and discuss that. And no, so no, no, I you guys out. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just that the movies you talk about, I fucking love, like especially Carrie and the stepfather, and it's just like fuck. I, yeah. I got so much shit to say about both, yeah, especially Carrie, especially you know yeah. my my whole shit. Oh my god, I fucking love Carrie so much. Like I have so much to <laughs> say about too. Carrie, and, and 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 her and Kenya and Erica just like fuck you guys and shit. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> we're gonna have boys. a we're gonna have a goddamn good time and shit, and fuck you guys. So <laughs> we say at the end, I wonder what the guys would say. Uh, but that's oh. after a two-hour-long feminist discussion, though. You guys don't yeah. want to be part of that. You're not. You're well, not you know what? Me. We're gonna start. We're gonna start our, our masculine podcast called "Cocks Out for Horror." And <laughs> Fuck yes. saying we were gonna do this. Let's go. Let's get on. No, like, uh, no, no. I got. I had the idea. I had the idea. Yeah, I have ghouls night out. We have boils night out. Where it's oh, just like. It's not, that is completely in your guys' hands, but we do need to move on. Um, I'm so my sorry. Bad. My, my bad. My oh, bad. No. My bad. <laughs> I just wanna, I want to move on to Erica so that way everybody gets the chance to talk. Uh, she had her hand up, Erica. Sorry, yeah. Erica. Uh, damn it, Nico! You mentioned the thing that I came across when I was reading about this. That, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The film is supposed to like the um, the transformation scene is like supposed to be kind of like an erection, where mm-hmm. like his bones are like lengthening out and yeah, so and it's like a metaphor for puberty where there's all these emotions like. You're hungry, you're horny, you get hairy, you know. 
I'm sorry. It's my favorite horror movie of all time. I know everything about right. this fucking movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not sorry, but I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, but um, yeah, I know everyone's been bringing up the um, the whole like uh, murder thing. I feel a bit of sympathy for Landis. Like he had, I mean, he was partly responsible for the Vic Morrow thing, but other people were responsible too. Like, oh know, yeah, kids. yeah, yeah. He didn't write. He though. A group yeah. of people, like he a was fully responsible, not partly, fully. Well, I'm gonna say other people though, like had a part in that, and they could have, uh, yeah, like done something to say, like, okay, this said is no. Yeah, there were other people who did bring things to his attention, and he said, "Fuck you, we're still doing it this way." Right. They still could have said no. People, the special effects people, he ruined careers with that, and he got yeah. scot free. Yeah, that's that's what uh, ended his friendship with Steven Spielberg. Uh, yes. Spielberg was like, yeah. "Fuck you, dude! The, 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 like, you you took unnecessary risks and look what you did. Go fuck yourself." Yeah, no like, one is worth dying over. Not, to, not yeah. to name names, you guys will know who I'm talking about. But a friend of mine who worked on a Spielberg film said that Spielberg did things extremely unsafely, like a tank almost fucking rolled into my friend. Oh, because of like oh. just fucking sloppy special effects. It's like I don't think Spielberg's like you know completely. Oh, the, oh I, I I know. I, I know who you're talking about, but your secret's safe with me, Erica. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, people who listen to this will read between the lines. I'm just yeah. not going to change this. Hold on, hold on. The, the, Erica, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, Spielberg is not a dick. He is a dick. Look oh, at fucking Poltergeist. Yeah, look at Poltergeist. He's a fucking dick in, in himself over Poltergeist. Fuck him over Poltergeist. Uh, yeah. Like, no, that's a. Let, 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 me, let me just say, let me say, uh, sorry to cut you off, Erica, but let me just say, Poltergeist <laughs> is a Toby Hooper film, and I will not hear the end of it. And fuck you, Spielberg, for that. All right. True. <laughs> Fuck True. Spielberg. Ironically, the same year that Twilight Zone the movie came out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's a banner year for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except those two kids. Sorry, Erica. Go ahead. But as far as be like being um, like uh, reckless and just not giving a shit about other people. So another friend of mine who works at Yale University, um, he was there when Spielberg was on, uh, you know, on the set filming the Crystal Skull entry of Indiana Jones, which is like the shittiest entry in that whole franchise. Everyone agrees. Uh, but mm-hmm. like he worked in that same building where, you know, like they did that motorcycle chasing and it, they like they fucking tore up these 200 plus year old wood floors, like of this historic building with this chase scene. And it's like, yeah, after that, Yale apparently completely rethought their whole media release thing. Like they used to allow, you know, different filmmakers to shoot on on their campus because it's a historic site and it looks cool. After that's like, no, we're going to be way more selective. Like there were like statues that were there from the founding of that campus that were sprayed with bullets during the fucking like Spielberg shoot there. So yeah. it's like that as a director, that guy just does not give a shit about property or safety. Apparently, like, I don't know, just the horror stories I've heard from like now, like two close friends about how that guy works. So, I mean, yeah, uh, as far as like the Twilight Zone, the movie thing, I can totally see Spielberg may have had like a you know, definitely had like a part in how things went so horribly wrong. So sorry, that's like a little off topic of the movie we're talking about, but I just thought it was. No, no, no. We're we're sitting on John Landis. I think, well, if we're going to do that, we have to shit on some other people, too. No, no. Most definitely. Most definitely. I could see Spielberg being like, yeah, dude, like, just do whatever you got to do to get the shot. 
And then, yeah. like, you know, when the shit yeah, happened, like, dude, what did you What did you do? Yeah, exactly, right. Don't yeah. listen to the helicopter people. Don't listen to any of them. And yeah. don't, no, no. don't hire actual children. Just pick them off the street, and their parents can watch them get murdered. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so terrible. Yeah, that is a horrendously Look. awful thing. Let me let me tell you like let me tell you from my uh, my expertise in action films let me tell you that um James Glickenhaus who did uh many action films particularly uh the Exterminator had had shot a Vietnam sequence in that same uh area where they shot that sequence in uh Twilight Zone the movie where Vic Morrow and the two children got killed and um the lawyer who was uh, working in defense of John Landis had contacted him. To, you know, to hopefully, uh, you know, get him to testify in defense of John Landis. And James Glickenhouse was like, no, because um, what you guys did was absolutely dangerous. He was like, yeah, but the helicopters you use in that scene look. He was like, yeah, but like, no, they were way far off. We would never have them that fucking close to the actors. Are you fucking mm-hmm. crazy? And Where's he said the that, that going off. Yeah, he said. And the lawyer, the lawyer hung up on him and he never heard from him again and shit. So, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> you know. That uh, the, like yeah, I could see Spielberg just probably being a little complicit in that until the shit went down, and he's just like, you know, like yeah, you're on your own, dude. But um, yeah, once once that once Vic Morrow and the children got killed, uh, Spielberg directed his portion of that movie and fucking bounced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? There's a reason that he was shooting Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom overseas was because he didn't want to get a subpoena for him. And yeah. good for him. He got out of it. I mean, I guess that's that's just how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dave. So I think Nico touched on this uh, uh, earlier, but the uh, transformation team, which I guess is what we have to talk about when we talk about this movie. Uh, there's so much other stuff to talk about. That's the scene of this movie is the audio, the, the sound effects, especially when like his spinal column presses up through and his uh, shoulder blades, that 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 sort of low rumbling sound effect of the bones stretching and 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 creaking it, it that that's 50% of this scene is the sound effect plus his screaming uh, uh, david Naughton screaming I, I just can't say enough about how like the, the sound effects add to this yeah it definitely um gives it an eerier feel a more realistic kind of feel you know it's it's, where, it's, it's more know. visceral it just makes it more real Absolutely. and yeah. okay. and it makes it makes the pain more like like you can feel what he's going through oh yeah it's oh, more yeah. it's more vi- visceral definitely yes um okay nico one thing i want to touch on that um i thought was kind of um again i know landis is a piece of shit but he did a lot of things right with this movie um one was the actual soundtrack where every single song has the word moon in the title. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Sometimes but, more than one version of each song. Yeah, yeah. Like Blue Moon, there's but, like three or four versions of which, it. Which, to go back to the trend, like a, a Blue Moon, but he goes for like that soft, like valid version of Blue Moon during the this horrific transformation scene that mm-hmm. he, that the main character, and like that's what he chose to, which, and it works brilliantly in that scene. But, um, I know they had reached out to, I think it was Cat Stevens. Yeah. And he, and he, he like firmly believed that rare rules are real. So he didn't want to, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't give Landis permission to, to use a song. That's why I signed in there. And I know on the, um on that same DVD that Rob and I were talking about earlier, the anniversary on the commentary with David Norton and Griffin Dunn, they asked him, um, why didn't you have werewolves of London on there? 
of of all songs to have you could have had that and there was it's no they, they could they couldn't figure it out right mm-hmm. but i mean like they they just couldn't figure it out like why wasn't that on there but you know i just i just think it's it's cool like the, the moon and like the end of the movie is like the the 50s like doo-wop version of blue moon yes it has it's like like here's like that. this really here, here's this sad ending where you know spoiler if you haven't seen it david dies at the end and you know this whole emotional scene where you see alex like start to cry and then it's like bomb it about a bang a bang and it's like oh shit like, <laughs> it's, it's a sick joke it's it's right landis's now. version yeah. of a sick joke you yes. know what i mean I, yeah. I just and you know there's never really been a proper release of the of the soundtrack or the score i think that the only thing that came out was um miko's impressions of an american rebel from london and it's like super hard to find mm-hmm. like that that you know i know vinyl's like you know big business again but i feel like somebody has to trying to get the rights for that now at some point because i think if someone were to especially with this being the 40th anniversary on the, the 21st of august you know yes. like this this would have been the, the, the year to release anything with you know with with vinyl for that for that you know either the soundtrack or the score for it um and and real quick i just you know i don't you know i, I collect a lot of stuff i do but i don't typically <laughs> i i don't typically pre-order things i just go to the store and buy them or if i see them online i'll buy them I made goddamn sure to not only pre-order one but both. The fact that NEC is releasing the the Nazi demon werewolf um, figure with with the four interchangeable heads, I made sure to fucking pre-order that. And of course, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but they're releasing the actual like Ultimate Kessler werewolf action figure. It's the first time that 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 fig that that has ever been made into a figure before. And the the box is fucking gorgeous for this thing. It's beautiful. Like I think like like it and instead of like you know typically it's like you know it, it opens from the side most most of those this one flaps opens from the top from like up to down like like you know like like so and the wolf is on fucking full display but like total interchangeable heads as well for this nice. and I just if if you guys can try to find it pre-order it or pre-order as much as possible of that because that that the both of them are fucking gorgeous but I was um I was actually at Monster Mania you know the other day. And of course, I got to meet David Norton, and we talked yeah. for for a while. And he asked me, he was like, "Oh, so you're such a fan of the movie?" And not not even busting balls, he was like, "Did you see that that NECA's releasing the you know the werewolf figure?" And I was like, "Of course I did." I'm like, "I fucking pre-ordered that shit." I'm like, "And I have the the Nazi demon werewolf." And he's like, "They made one of those too." And I'm like, "Yes." Like we talked for 20 minutes about that movie, and he's like, "You know, that that was it." And I was about to go into Erica too because you're gonna have to with that, but um. I had such a good experience. It's the second time I met that man. He was awesome. And it's one of the few times that I was actually like starstruck and like shaking being <laughs> next to us. It's because of how much I love that movie. And it's like, that's David. Mm-hmm. And did in, you in ask him ways, if he's you know, ever David been a Hutton. pepper? No, everybody else was though. Like okay. they, that was like the running joke or like, like the whole thing. Like, I, I just cared about American werewolf more than anything else. And like, we talked like in great detail about that. And, you know, even he was saying, you know, to him like you know he knew they were making something you know special but he's he's shocked that here we are it's it's you know the 40th anniversary of 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 this movie and and people still love this movie so much and people talk to him about this movie and you know he and he never gets tired of right i have have that version too the uh the arrow version of the blu-ray but he but he said he's like you know He's like, you know, I, I love the fact that people love this movie so much. And, you know, I don't ever get tired of ever talking about this. He's like, if anything, it's kept me relevant over the years. And, you know, people remember me. He goes, if I'm only remembered for one thing and it's this, he's like, I'm more than okay with that. 
Mm-hmm. He's like this. This movie has such a legacy that mm-hmm. it the the fact that it's forty years and like you know, you know, parents of like you know whatever are showing like like their kids this movie, and it continues to live on. He's like I'll I'll forever live on, yeah. as a result of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mac. I know you guys like touched on it, but um, yeah, man, that music selection for that movie was great. I know I I texted in the group for the sex scene. I can't remember the name of that song, but that's like my jam. Moon dance. Uh, that that was the name yeah, of it's, it. It's moon dance. That was my jam. But I want to talk about a scene I liked. Um, that whole I guess suicide scene when he kind of was like, all right, I'm gonna have to do it. Made the phone call to his family, spoke about whatever. Pulls out a Swiss Army knife that was yeah. dull as fuck. Yeah, like, I was like, we can do salt what? at it. I don't know. And like, right. But he goes into the mo- the adult sex movie theater, and it's the people that he killed that you probably thought you weren't going to see no more. Having like a roundhouse discussion about like <laughs> how he should go and uh, shooting, shoot yourself, yeah, drowning. And my man, his friends, like, yo, this is my my boy. Can you please? And the homeless man's like, yo, he ain't no friend of mine. And I felt that because I was like, word, bro. He ain't no friend of mine. You got to go. You got to go. But uh, I thought that was like a really good scene and how it put things in perspective of you might not know the other parties until like, yeah, that moment. But you see how where their mind was at. Like, yo, fuck him, bro. Like, (laughs) I want to go already. Right, right. I think it was great that that was included into the the mythos of this, this film. Um, Ryan. Sure. So, uh, a scene that I absolutely adore that kind of came up a few times, uh, possibly my favorite scene in the entire movie is the, the nightmare, the Nazi werewolf demon nightmare, which, uh, is interesting in that it pulls from a Boonwell movie, the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie that kind of shows exactly what I like about Landis as a director, because he's a movie brat. Like that's how he, just like Spielberg uh, kind of before him and during him, he speaks about film with such an omnivore knowledge. Like he, he watches everything and he can, he can put it through a different prism, no matter what he watches and to watch a Boonwell movie and go, you know what? Nazi demons. That's what this movie needs. And then he does the fake out of that. You think that he's out of the dream. And then the Nazi demon stabs his girlfriend in the chest and keeps stabbing her as she's on the ground. And then he wakes up again and it's one of those things where you could remove that scene and not lose anything. You would ha- you would not have a less potent movie. But the fact that it's in there really helps it kind of stand out. Like this is Landis's post-war Jewish identity kind of coming to the full front, mm-hmm. being like, this mm-hmm. is what can happen. They can come. They can take you out of your home. They can drag you off somewhere and kill your family. And that's just how you have to deal. It's it's remarkable. I love this scene so much. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, Rob. Yeah, he he in in that special edition DVD he actually mentioned Boonwell um and, and talking about his influences in making that movie. So definitely yeah, I, I agree with you there, Ryan, on that one. But um I think if I had a favorite scene, it'd probably be the Piccadilly Circus one because mm. of his absolute fucking chaos. Um and I know that uh th- he had a hard time securing that location um due to uh years ago uh Michael Winner another prick um <laughs> this is true this is yes. true yes yeah, michael winner yeah. yes I, I love his death wish movies but michael winner is a fucking prick um as well as the sentinel since we're talking horror movies the sentinel is a fucking fantastic movie i love the sentinel yeah. 
but uh Mike Winner's a prick and um he ruined any any filmmakers uh chances of securing uh Piccadilly Circus as a location and Landis had planned out this whole sequence in advance and it was like oh well uh, I don't know and he was like you know what fuck you I'm not shooting it in London we're going to rename the movie in American Werewolf in Paris and we're going to shoot it in <laughs> Paris and they were like oh no 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 oh yeah 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 you can shoot here you can shoot here dude um and and that's a it's a fantastic sequence. Um, it's just the the amounts of chaos. Everybody's getting heads are getting fucking run over. Even John Landis cameo where he's getting the car crash into him and he falls through the fucking <laughs> yeah. window. Yeah, you know that shit. I wish that happened in real life. Well, there is there's a decapitation in that scene too. Yeah, and it's especially considering the movie that he made after this is kind of ironic. But yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, creepy. Dark. Dark. Creepy, oh, dark. yeah, creep, creepily I- ironic, yeah. Um, no. I actually, I actually seen that footage too, and it's fucked up. I have too. I didn't, I didn't mean too, to sit down and watch it. it. I thought I was watching something about it, and then they played it, and I'm like, fuck, that ruined yeah. my day. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. sick to my stomach. I was just yeah. like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And they yeah, showed that, it in slow motion. Oh, God. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, why, yeah. why, why? why? No. Yeah, that 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 is. That was some fucked up shit to watch. This just became so. phases of fucking death. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no, that, you know, for for real, for real, for real. But um, I I wanted to mention that because I wanted to bring up the sequel, uh, in American Werewolf in Paris. Oh dear and, God, do we have to? Oh, hey, 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 um, and I want to say that I, I, this is gonna get me some hate from the entire uh room here, but I actually like an American Werewolf in Paris. Wait, 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 no, wait, we all know that, that this one's my favorite horror movie, actually, I'm with him, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to hate it either, now, it is a sequel in name only, and if you only look at it as a one-off, and it really is a comedy more than anything else, yes. so if you look at it as a comedy, almost as a spoof of an American werewolf in London, it's totally cool, but if that's I why to, like... I dig it put on kid gloves to like consider it as, as something then they're not doing their job hold, hold on but it, 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 i mean it in hindsight it seems like a in name only sequel but there was actually a link they, they, because they, they tie the, in right I yeah know. the uh the, the mother of uh uh francine who um um julie depley's character who is the werewolf in that particular film is supposed to be the daughter of um david and um alex and um when you see uh uh the ghost of the mother in that scene it's supposed to be alex uh jenny o'gutter's character so like there there's a link right there but they they i guess they removed it so like it could stand on its own but that's supposed that was supposed to be the link between american Werewolf from london and american Werewolf paris and I, I i i like it you know what i'm saying like yeah the, the werewolf's all digital it's all digital cgi transformations and it's like yeah you, you kind of lose something there and shit but i i like that movie it was very popular uh when it came out in my na- uh, me and max neighborhood when it when was it first popular came out. when it came out because people were still thinking you know it, like, like all the content is always relevant so like here was this cash grab but they no, no. were kind of gearing it towards the younger you know what i mean like, no no well, let me, let me, also, let me dude, it was also popular because of that fucking bush song too yes I yes say, please don't why did you remind me of that yeah. <laughs> I, I, love I love that song let's just pull out my swiss army knife I mean, it's guys, a good song but that's that's the reason why it was so fucking popular was but no, no. candy but let me tell you speak of bush again They're and, not... and because and because the, 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 the main actor was was fresh or tom Everett scott right Robert, yeah that's yeah who it was mm-hmm. yeah he, he was he was fresh off of that awesome that 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 thing you do the thing you do yeah 
Yeah, so, so like, you know. Yeah, but let me tell you, like, uh, in the neighborhood me and Matt grew up in, nobody knew a goddamn thing about American Werewolf in London. So they would just hype off the movie on its own. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody was like, oh, my God, America Werewolf from Paris is the fucking shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that shit. When the fucking werewolf eats the hearts and shit, that shit was great. And I was like, yeah, 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 I love it, too, and shit. You know, I grew up in a predominant. me and Matt grew up in a predominantly horror movie crowd and shit. Like, the lines were around the block every time a horror movie came out. Like, you should have seen the goddamn lines for Scream 1 and 2 and shit and, and 3. When they, when they came out, like, horror movies were big business in my in, in our old neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So America War from Paris was did largely, you know, I mean, was largely I considered it successful when it was released in our neighborhood. It, it even actually, if, I mean, I mean, it, it was successful. It, it made enough money to call itself successful. But like looking at it now, it's like, mm, no, I was like, mm, no, at the time, it just it just wasn't enough for me. Um, but we need to move on cause, to get our last thoughts in before we go into reviews. Uh, like, that's 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 what Candy's way of telling me. Shut the fuck up about that movie. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't care what you talk about. I just got to make sure. No, no, I get it. I get it, Candy. I get it, Candy. Like, but shut I mean, up. It is, it is that enjoyable for what it is. It's, I mean, it's, it's a good, it's an actual good party movie, I think. Like, if you have a bunch of people, or, Thank you, or if you want to do your own rip tracks and mystery science, science Theater 3000 to it, too, you get have a ball with that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, the fuck like that. And, and the last I mean, killer that. watched again, and I'm not really like. And, and I will say, the, the last kill in that movie is fucking boss in uh american Werewolf from paris so i just wanted to speak thank you nico for backing me up i just wanted to speak in defense of america <laughs> in, in american Werewolf from paris like i know everybody else like obviously mac hasn't seen it so he doesn't give a shit <laughs> and everybody else is just like, like oh yeah, Ken, Kenny, Kenny's like, shut the fuck up and shit, but me and Nico are like, no, it's fun. Yeah, because it's fun. of this subject matter, and I'm not telling you to shut the fuck up, I just want to get There you are. There you are. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up already, bro. shut the fuck up. Trust me, I say shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> let, yeah no, yeah, let me start. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, shut up. Yeah, let me start talking about Batman, and let me start talking about Batman, and I really got to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know. He got muted somehow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Erica. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah. So you guys did bring up, I was going to ask what y'all thought of American werewolf in Paris, just because it's a sequel, but yeah, you covered that. I'm not going to rehash that. I saw it when it came out. It was disappointing. <laughs> Me too. Even when that was like sort of hot CGI for the time, it was like, oof, but I guess. I just <laughs> CGI dates. Oh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've got my own uh, David Nodden encounter story. I thought I'd uh, squeeze in before I mentioned another favorite scene. Um, I met him in um, uh, Crypticon, I think 2017. Uh, it was in Kansas City. And for some reason um, that the convention organizers like banned podcasters from interviewing celebrity guests at the event. Like they would like kick people out for doing that. So I was like, oh shit. So we were like, my uh, podcasts, like friends and I were discreetly asking people, you know, the guests if they'd be willing to do interviews, like after the show, like back at the hotel room or, you know, or the lobby or whatever. And like, he was like one of the few people who was really on board with it and like set up a time and everything. And, um, you know, he showed up to do our like video interview. And despite the fact that so we found out that some jerk off like stole his cash bag some some person stole David Nodden's cash bag of all the money he made from that day. Of Sorry. 
Yeah, I know. It was like super terrible. And like, but I mean, he was like such a kind, like cool person. He's like, well, maybe they really needed that money. And he's like, fortunately, it wasn't the whole weekend's earnings. It was the day's earnings. Um, but like, in spite of that, like shitty thing that happened, he showed up for this interview of this like startup podcast that I was part of at the time and gave this really great video interview with us. And I thought, holy hell, man, like that is just like such an, a nice, awesome guy. He, like one of the nicest, really uh, one of the nicest celebrities I've met. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought I had to share that story because I've had more than my share of like shitty celebrity encounters on this show. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we know. We know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> me too. Me too. So, like, like, there's, like, yeah, I've, one, had, I've had quite a few. Yeah. So at least this one's like, you know, really nice, heartwarming and not not creepy or inappropriate in any way. So it's like, yeah, I, I really think highly of David Nodden based on that encounter. Like he just seemed like this genuinely great person. Um, other than that, I wanted to bring up the whole like, por- like porn movie within the movie thing. Like that, that thing was hilarious. Like, yes. this, like um, So funny. The dialogue is so yeah. funny. Yeah, like, like the guy walks not, in, is like, "What are you doing here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know not you." Oh, you're right. <laughs> but, oh, sorry. Not you, you twit. You twit. That was great. Um, but that led to this other side discussion. Like I was when I was watching this movie again with my mom, just like uh, she has feeling about it, but she, uh, but. Uh, Apparently, when she was in college, she uh, she and her best friend or roommate snuck into a, an adult movie theater to see what they were showing. And because I, I, I was saying, like, any more, like, these theaters probably don't exist. People are going to be downloading this on their computer. Maybe they buy, buy a DVD of an adult movie. They're not going into a theater where other strangers are there, like, discreetly jerking well, off or whatever. I can understand that. Yeah. So I said, well, this yeah. is, like, one of those, like, kind of fascinating things that has changed over time. But this movie that she and her friends saw, they just like went to this like adult movie theater and just watched whatever was screening. It was like a, an X-rated version of Cinderella, or it was a Cinderella story, but one was naked and it had real like nasty-looking gore. Like the the stepsisters were cutting off parts of their feet to fit into the shoes. Like they were showing all this blood. <laughs> like yeah, that's accurate for the Grimm's fairy tale thing, but it's like man, that's like more interesting than like adult films now. Like I don't know. If I had access to that, I'd probably watch that. That just sounds kind of fascinating. <laughs> her, her friend's mom, like, they, they went to, like, the friend's mom's house for dinner, and they admitted that they went to this adult movie theater. And this woman was like, I am so, so disappointed in you girls. I mean, I guess I would too. Hold on. Before, before we move on, um... Uh, uh, can we talk about how great David Norton and Griffin Dunn are in this actual movie? Because I don't think we touched upon oh, yeah. how yeah, their great... chemistry. Their chemistry. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, especially da- especially David Norton. You know, we we talked about how great David Norton is as a person, but he, like you know, considering the fact that he was primarily known as the Dr Pepper guy. <laughs> I, I'm a pepper. You're a pepper. You know. And Griffin Dunn, he 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 wasn't really you know the the great actor he'd become yet you know until after hours, but I I just wanted to like you know 
like you know I, I guess touch upon that and have everyone touch upon that uh, just how fucking great they are in their chemistry they especially feel in the, like best friends yeah like you know they really do especially in those opening scenes where um uh, because uh, when they, they talk about uh, Debbie Klein and how uh, Jack wants to my, <laughs> you're stealing like my whole shine right now. I was just about to talk about I'm... that whole that that my my actual favorite scenes in the movie are those moments with Jack and David. So no, thank you. No, no, no. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not dealing with it. I'm, no, I'm not fucking I'm not with st- you. But no, for real. I was gonna no. talk about them and say like those are my favorite scenes where where like um, the the scene when they're on the moors and it's forming and the wolf is already out. And they're like, what is that? He's like, coyote? There are no coyotes in England. Keiko's <laughs> Bill, Heathcliff. Heathcliff isn't from... Well, he lived on the moors. <laughs> Heathcliff yeah. is an owl. Yeah, <laughs> right? No, but also when like, we, we first meet them and they're walking and they're talking about Debbie Klein and they're laughing. <laughs> they're, actually, they're actually laughing. You know, it's not like, you know, something for the scene. Like, when, when uh, Griffin Dunn wipes his nose is because he was laughing so hard he shot snot out. Uh, yeah. And he's he's wiping his nose. It was like she says she likes me too much. Is he's saying that because he was actually laughing, you know? And they're trying to hold it together because they 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 became such good friends making this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's and just that scene in like that because uh it gave some authenticity. Um yeah they, they left that scene in. No, yeah, the, yeah, and, and I think I just wanted to touch upon that and like see how everyone felt about their their chemistry in the scene because I I think they're great. Uh, I, I wish you know they they had more scenes in the film together. I mean they they do have like they later do, on, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they they do, but like it's fleeting. You know what I'm saying because we you know we're David and, and his fucking love story with Alex and all that stuff, and you know Jack shows up. You know. Uh, Every now and then, more decomposed than before, you know, which is great. Uh, when he's basically an animatronic by the time, by the fucking last time we see him, he's yeah. basically a fucking, he's a puppet. Puppet. Uh, yeah. I, I love when when they have him scratching his nose and shit. Where he's basically, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's practically a goddamn skeleton by the end and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, uh, I, I think. As you know, we we talked about how the great the transformation sequence is in the movie, but I think the movie lives and breathes off the chemistry between David Norton and Griffin Dunn, and I, oh, yeah. I, you know I I just wanted to touch upon that, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. make sure like we it's we we, we talked about that. Yeah, it's definitely and those. Yeah, and I had to say those comedic scenes where uh, David Nodden's character is waking up naked in the zoo. <laughs> That's my other favorite scene, that in the porn theater. But I mean, like, that is just, it's funny every time. It never gets old. Right, and he's really naked too. You can see, oh, yeah. you can see, you I mean, can see them so nude. Yeah, yeah, yeah so you can nude. see the, you can see the Franken beans and shit if you look. Yeah. At <laughs> 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 it's like of them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and I just think they're great and they're neat. Like, you know, the David Norton, you know, like I said, he's the he's the, the pepper guy. He was also he also um uh dies not here, but if she were, I would I would have her here to talk about making it, the T V show he did oh. with which was basically uh the Saturday Night Fever uh uh sitcom that came and out. He sang the theme song too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a dope fucking scene theme song too and shit i actually like that theme song you know what i'm saying but he was probably primarily known for that stuff so to, to see him you know like like nico said um he's primarily you know everybody remembers him for this and you know he's entirely happy with that 
you know, I, I really like that because, you know, he, he didn't have the biggest career afterwards. Like, you know, most people remember him for being in the fucking the severed head and the ice cream cone and ice cream man with fucking Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I got a picture with, with that prop. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You, you when you took the picture with Clint Howard, right? The, he had the fucking prop yeah, and shit. That, that was prop. Fucking, yeah, that's fucking great. And uh, he, he had that uh, that guest stint on uh, Seinfeld, uh, which he was great. And you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to just touch upon that because I think they're great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Both of them. And, and you know, Griffin Dunn has been one of my favorite actors for a while. I think he's absolutely utterly fantastic. Also, uh, to touch upon the fact that he is the sister of, uh, he's the brother of Dominique Dunn, who was in Poltergeist, which we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, who uh, uh, unfort- was murdered. Yes, yes, you know, yeah, which was uh, unfortunate uh, that that whole tragedy thing. Um, but uh, yeah, ties into some what people consider cursed films here. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of tie-ins to like the Twilight Zone movie. We have a tie-in to Poltergeist. I mean, these they're considered cursed films. Yeah. And uh, so we've got a couple tie-ins in this film to that. Yeah, most definitely. But I just wanted to touch upon that and like you know, see how everyone felt about their their, their performances in the film. I think you know, before we move. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave. Well, before uh, before I go on, I just want to say I can't believe we haven't talked about more about Jenny Agutter, who was one of my earliest yes. crushes. Gorgeous Logan's Run, Logan's Run, and that. I love I love their their love story is so sweet. But I what I wanted to talk about quick because I know we're getting ready to finish up is uh, John Woodvine as Doctor Hirsch. His mm-hmm. character, along with Jenny Agutter's character, uh, his character is sort of the heart of this movie. He's this. Uh, this this doc, he's a doctor, right? So you expect him to be a little bit high and mighty, but he actually listens to David, and he even though he doesn't really believe it, he just he, on his own he drives to this village, and goes into this pub, the Slaughtered Lamb, and he's lit, and, and uh, you get a little bit of his backstory when he's on the phone with his, I, I suppose supposed to be his wife, and he says, if I survived Rommel, I can survive another excruciating even with um, whoever he's talking about. Roger so he's Madison. a world, Matt Roger Matt. So he's a World War II veteran. He's, I mean, he says I survived Rommel, which tells you a lot. It's a, it's it's a backstory to a, a, an ancillary character, which tells you a lot. There's a lot going on there, and I love his character. He he, and even when uh, when he um, when Jenny admits that um, when Jenny Agutter admits that she's got a relationship with David going on, you expect him to be angry, but he's not angry. He just wants to know how's David doing. I yeah. love his character. He's he's this uh, you know sort of uh, ancillary character. Who, who cares about what's going on? Um, and, and also the uh, the two inspectors, um, uh, Inspector Hirsch and uh, Sergeant McManus. I mean, talk about two comedic uh, uh, characters. It's, their scene is, their scenes are so funny together. I just love like when he drops the bedpans, when McManus drops those bed, and he's trying to stack them all back together again. It's so funny. That's that's the comedy part of this movie. That that's the the part of this movie that makes me really laugh is those two together. And then and then and 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 then the one guy he is the one who gets his head chopped off in the um the Trafalgar, the Trafalgar Square scene, which is yeah. uh, and then McManus takes over. It's just I, I love the, the I'm just trying to speak to the comedic aspects of this movie, which uh, are overlooked sometimes. Uh, definitely, uh, Nico. Well, I mean, I was going to talk about something else that somebody already brought up, but we'll go into something else. Sorry. Um, and I, and I'll and I'll make it quick because I know we want to get done. Um, 
I want to talk about the slaughtered lamb real quick, like the the people that actually inhabit this this odd little corner of East Proctor in England um, that obviously are in the fucking know about something supernatural going on and don't say shit to anybody. Yes, they, they try to keep their, you know, keep to themselves and what have you. But obviously, as we know, shit goes very south very soon. We have David a couple of doomsayer tropes in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't go off the road. You know, do this, do that. Yeah. You know, keep clear of the, you know, keep clear of the more, stick to the road, beware the moon. Right. Um, and plus, you know, there's there's that awesome little Rick Mayall cameo. Drop, yes. Drop I was going to mention in, that the, the in fucking. The, in the pup. So we're even. Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Please bring up Drop Dead Fred. Uh, God bless. Yeah. We're no, 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 no. We're not. No, we're not. We're not going. No, we're, no, 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 no. no. That, that, that'll be a whole other hour. And, I, know, and, I, know, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. The young but, ones. Uh, he was in the young ones. Yes. But, Yes, but uh, he will always but, be dropped dead for it to us, you know. But to kind of that man, to kind of even like you know, not even piggyback off there, but like to kind of, you know, kind of overshadow, not not overshadow, but like kind of build on what Dave is known for, but wanting backstories and whatnot. I I think that they that there's room there that they can maybe do like a like a prequel series, you know, to the events leading up to David and Jack, maybe before they step foot into the slaughtered line. Just to kind of see, like, about they could even call it East Proctor. You even got to call it American Werewolf. I think that there's there's something there because obviously this has been going on for such a long time that they have the fucking five five pointed star on the wall and they have the candles burning and they're fully aware of of what's going on. So I, I think I think if anybody were were to expand upon the, you know the whole you know mythology that that this film set up, I I think that that right there is how you're gonna do it with. Like the characters in East Proctor, and you just kind of take it from there. Yeah, you have Doctor Hirsch like a Darren McGavin and Night Stalker. He's like investigating all these, you know, these. these well, well, these, no, because these... it wouldn't it wouldn't even be him. Remember, it'd be before all of that, those events of the movie. Like it would kind of be like 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 a prequel. I mean, if if it were me doing it, like that's what I would do. I would just make it into a series, and you know, kind of like like a supernatural type of series with it, just around like the whole denizens of of East Proctor to kind of follow how this all started and maybe like, you know, maybe, maybe go a few years before, or maybe, maybe even like, like the previous werewolf that dies in, in this one, how yeah, the old that man all yeah. happened. Right. You could like conceivably how that happened. chart the entire history of the werewolf in that thing. Like you could yeah, go back to the exactly. very beginning. Exactly. I mean, each season can be like how we got to where David and Jack are. Yeah. Yeah. Or prior to that. So, I mean, it's just, it's just something like, I, I just think like if, if anybody really wanted to explore more about, you know, that this particular film that's the way you're going to do it is with an actual prequel i don't think a prequel movie would do it justice and it would have to be a series i think in order to really yeah in in order for it to really like if you want to get to like the meat and potatoes of the whole thing and give dave the backstory he so craves there is (laughs) 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 and it's not it's not not a shot of dave i'm just saying dave no no your your backstory so (laughs) Um, okay, and Rob, and then after that, we're going to get to some other things. So, Rob, final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Um, I also want uh, uh, the slaughtered lamb. Um, Nico mentioned uh, Rick Mayo, Drop Dead Fred. God, God bless Rick Mayo for, for Drop Dead Fred. That was one of my childhood favorites. Uh, me and my sister, uh, uh, Jay, she, she was a fucking, uh, we were both uh, in love with that movie. We still are. And um, but I also want to mention uh Brian Glover, um, uh, who who basically seemed like the ringleader in that whole thing, 
And uh, he's the one that fucking uh, I remember when the, when the doctor fucking is investigating and he's asking questions. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like he he's great too like, like i'm actually <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> but uh also it's like he 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 was really a like a a, a neat little staple in horror movies because uh not only did he do this he also did one of my personal all-time movie favorites alien 3 mm. where he was like the warden in that one um and he was also in uh snow white a tale of terror uh, the Showtime movie with uh, Sigourney Weaver, which was the retelling Sigourney, of Snow White. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in that one as well. So Brian Glover really uh, had a nice little stint uh, doing horror movies. So shout out to him. But like, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with Nico uh, on. Uh, yeah, you could definitely do like a, a prequel series on uh, what led up to David and Jack getting to the series, you know, saying the discovering the backstory and all like the werewolf stuff going on in there. And like that, that's some damn shit I would love to see. You know what I'm saying? Cause I love all the werewolf shit, you know? So I would love to see that. But uh, yeah, I just also wanted to uh, give a shout out to Brian Glover, you know, because um, I know I've been chastised for my love of alien three on here going I back. Like all- alien three. So don't, it's not me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, um, I, I was chastised, but uh, but some someone um, for for my love of Alien Three and like fuck that Alien Three is great. Um, I don't give a fuck if they killed uh, Newt and Hicks in the the opening two minutes of the movie. Fuck that. That movie's great. <laughs> fuck Newt and Hicks. Uh, that movie's fucking fantastic. Uh, you got uh, Dylan as uh, Charles S. Dutton as Dylan is is fucking amazing in that movie. He should have got an Oscar for that. I know if I'm going off on a tangent, but I just wanted to share my love of Alien Three, and I don't give a fuck if anybody hates me for it. <laughs> and, and to kind of and, and real quick before we go into anything, I'm not sure if you guys are all. I know I know Rob and Mac. I think Mac is, but I know I know Rob definitely. There actually is in Manhattan in the village. They actually have the slaughtered lamb as an actual place. Yeah, complete with that with that same logo on the outside of the of the actual pub itself. So there really yeah. is a slaughtered lamb in Manhattan. I haven't yeah. been to it yet. Obviously with, 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 with COVID and everything I haven't had, to, I'm going to go probably this year. Cause we've been talking about going, but there actually is a slaughtered lamb in Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. I won't be caught dead in the village because that's crackhead city. But, uh, yeah, yeah the village kind of, <laughs> the village, the village at the village anymore, but yeah, 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 yeah. The last time I was in the village and shit, uh, a lady with a baby in a carriage asked me if I knew Jack and shit, and I'm like, oh, honey, no, no, please, and get some help, goddammit, please. <laughs> you don't need Jack, you need fucking help, honey, and, and seek it soon, because goddammit, you got your baby with you, please. Oh, I think I'm all costumes <laughs> to the wind when you're uh, an addict. If, yeah, if if you if you're wondering why she asked me for Jack, she was asking me if I had crack, ladies and gentlemen. No, yes. no, <laughs> no, no. It's a damn shame. And that was the last time I was in the village. I was there to play some pool, and I would never go there again because it's fucking. No, I don't want to be approached by uh, women with babies asking for crack. <laughs> Understandably. Fucking yeah. village. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna jump in with my final thoughts. Um, really quickly um not i'm not gonna say too too much i just want to say like i'm really glad that um you know this this was on the schedule i was you know murky in my mind because i hadn't seen it since i was a child you know just remember being scared and and werewolves aren't my thing um like i said vampires all day uh so any vampire shit i'm on it but like werewolves i was just never really that interested I guess like it scared me but I I should have revisited it sooner so I'm really glad that we we had this discussion that we've 
um, you know, I got to watch it again and and I can appreciate it more at almost 42. Um, so yeah, like what a what a glow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sean's gonna do some shitty reviews. Yay! Gosh, oh my wow, God, wow. They're, they're, my favorite so part. And I I gotta tell you, these were hard to come by. Of course. Oh, good. good. I was gonna yeah. say I didn't think there would be that that many. Yeah, so I I had to dip into uh, some two stars for this, um, but there there's some some pretty cheeky ones, so uh, we'll get started. Cheeky, uh, cheeky bastard. And and all of these come from IMDb because I'm a lazy piece of shit, and that's the only place I look. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Still love you. So uh, this first one is a one star from Alan Gierick. He says, "Sorry, but it's overrated. I really do suggest you avoid this silly film. It really is a waste of time." And if you intend to purchase it, money. I found that the people who like this movie primarily do so based on nostalgia. The special effects are beyond belief, i.e. rubbish. Okay, some of the first transformation into a wolf is rather good. But overall, it's silly. Notice how shots of the werewolf are always kept to a few seconds only. Why? Simple. Because it looks like a Muppet or something you can buy at a fancy dress store. Overall, lousy effects or not, it's still a rubbish film. Um, that, That guy can go fuck his mother. Yeah. <laughs> with a bladed <laughs> Our second one comes from Alice Spiral. Again, a one star. Uh, worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> After half an hour, I turned off this piece of utter pig swill. I got the video from a charity shop for a quid, and this morning it's going straight down. <laughs> it's not too bad doing something for charity, but giving this mindless garbage even one is only because I can't give it less, so it's really for the photo on the sleeve. Okay. Um, this next wow. one is from Quadrophenia, uh, one star, Nostalgia. I watched this film when I was young, and I liked it, but when watching it recently, I thought, on my, I thought, oh my, how much garbage this film really is. The acting was wooden. What? What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um. SS Info gives it two stars. Uh, very poor, boring, and overrated movie. Makeup, acting, direction, story, everything about this movie is complete nonsense and rubbish. Bite me. Bite me. Uh, GMH gives it two stars. Good special effects for like five seconds. The rest rest is bad acting and bad special effects. Just watch the trailer. The whole story is there. Uh, Levy Bob gives it two stars. No, 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 no. Oh, this is very bad. It might have been okay in 1981, though in fact wasn't good then, and I ought to know as in 1981 I was already a 38-year-old moviegoer. But it's a stinkeroo today. Stinkeroo. A lot of people believe this film is both horror and comedy. I, for one, believe the comedy to be unintentional. Oh, my gosh. And that's all I got. Eat my ass like corn on the cob. That's right. <laughs> my my uh, blood is boiling right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's making a list. Yeah. Putting on lipstick. and. <laughs> you just no, 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 no. We're, we're, doing this, we're doing this Jay and Silent Bob style. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And, 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 style. That's right. And and don't forget, Affleck was the shit in Phantoms, yo. Yeah. Yo. Oh. <laughs> Word, bitch. Phantoms like a motherfucker. Good <laughs> <laughs> Sean's shitty reviews we start our reviews um now for me um 
these two, like, uh, I don't know. I was trying to figure out how to rate this. And I don't know why I had such a hard time. Uh, it was just like, it was like I was looking so hard to find a reason to downrate it, even though I like it. I'm just like, no, there, there's got to be something technical. There's something that needs to be docked a point or half a point, and I couldn't find anything. So I have to give this 10 out of 10 meatloaves. Um, it, it's a fantastic film. I um, You can separate the art from the artists here uh, because it's it's just really, really great. Everything works in it. I can't find any fucking flaws. I can't find anything wrong. And I really, really thought about it, too. Because I'm like, this isn't in my heavy rotation, so why would I give this a perfect score? Well, probably because I was dumb and didn't put it in my heavy rotation. I, I see the error of my ways, so it gets a perfect score. 10 out of 10 meatloaves for me. I, I was pleasantly surprised by my rating. And uh, I'm going to give this uh, 9.5 out of 10 balloon thieves. <laughs> I, uh, God damn it, fucking Sean! You're ruining the perfect rating already. Everything. God damn it! Oh. Oh. But I couldn't find anything wrong. Damn it! God damn it, Jason Blum. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, fantastic movie. Again, you know, like Candy said, this was something that was not in my rotation and for the longest time, and I honestly don't know why. Um, you know, I mean, it is it, it does have a great mix of comedy in it, whether you want to call it, you know, an intentional or unintentional comedy. Um, but, you know, the effects in it are fucking amazing. Um, Rick Baker j- did a fucking phenomenal job. Um, and uh, fuck it. What the hell? Ten out of ten. Yeah. What the hell? Well, you know, I, I reserve that for like, you know, Return of the Living Dead. But. <clears throat> All right. All right. Forget yes. about it. Yes, yes. Right, yeah, we'll go we'll go ten out of ten. Yeah. So I'll let I'll let somebody else be the bearer of bad news. Uh, Wait, ten, 10 out of ten what though? Ten out of ten balloon thieves. Oh that's right. Okay. Rob, your review. I will give this a ten out of ten Jenny Gooder's pussy eating faces. Um <laughs> Let, let, let me let me tell this. This is a funny story. The Mac oh boy, and, Mac and Nico both know my sister. Uh, the, uh-huh. the, the the crazy motherfucker that she is. Um, I was watching this back in the day on tape, and it was during the sex scene, and of course David is eating Alex's pussy, and she's giving like the you know the O faces, and um, my sister says like you know not even thinking about it, I was like, oh that's so fake. You don't make faces like that when you get in your pussy, and I was like, so what faces you make? Right. And, and, oh and, my God. Right. And she, and she, she, she like realized for a second like what just, what just happened. She just goes, "Fuck you." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, nigga, you just got yourself busted right there. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, goddamn classic masterpiece. Uh, I, I will say, um, this is a perfect movie and like you know it has the right amount of horror right amount of comedy the makeup effects are just second to none um uh love the the, the chemistry between david norton and the griffin dunn i think they just uh, all the performances around like uh, uh, uh dave mentioned jenny gutter um uh, talk about that everybody else it's just a goddamn perfect movie and perfect horror movie 
And it, it's it's one that uh, I've loved since I first saw it. I probably was like 11, 12, I should have mentioned. When uh, I first saw it, I was, you know, I was buying movies on my own and shit. And I was like, fuck this, I'm going to get this one. And like, yeah, it's, it's a fucking glorious movie. And it's beautiful. And I love everything about it. And um, it's one of, been one of my all-time favorites ever since. It's just, I can't find a damn thing wrong with it, like Candy said. So, yeah, 10 out of 10, Jenny, I got her pussy in faces. <laughs> Erica. Okay, I like uh, rest of you. I can't find anything wrong with this either. I have to go with ten out of ten uh, Nazi werewolves. Like <laughs> uh, I just think it's the perfect mixture of horror, comedy, tragedy. It's uh, amazing special effects that still hold up to this day. I don't care what these whiners on IMDb say about it. These are great special effects. I would rather watch this than any CGI shit that's like even the best CGI stuff. Like, I don't think it is as good as like um, this type of practical effect, in my opinion. Um, so I, I, I just I just love this movie. It, I hadn't seen it in a few years. I'm really glad we re- revisited it tonight. And I have no complaints about it whatsoever, which is kind of rare for me. So, That's where I was. Yeah. I was like, I need to yeah. find something to complain about, and I can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mac was next. Oh, Mac. I thought you was next, bro. But all right. Um, <laughs> mine's just gonna be probably simple. I'm gonna go ten out of ten dudes getting run over by cars. And, um, <laughs> it's pretty simple for me. I did myself a disjustice by not seeing this movie until now. It's pretty good, and I probably would have thought it was good if I watched it back in the day. So yeah, ten out of ten dudes getting run over by cars. Dude, and 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 I was trying to show it to you back in the day. I don't remember you once telling me this movie. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> no, 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 bro, fuck you. I I didn't, I didn't I didn't try to show you this. I tried to show you the thing. I, I tried. This. I, I tried to show you Silver Bullet. I just tried to show you. Oh, Silver Bullet! I like that. Silver Bullet's a good one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Vampire chicks. That's you right. That's, that's right. That's right. I remember. I was too. Um, and, and I remember. I even showed Preem fucking Silver Bullet, and he was like, "Yeah, you got to watch that." Mac was like, "Nah, bro. Nah." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, see, y'all, y'all, y'all two, y'all, y'all two are like fucking TS. Though they're, they're like TS and Brody from fucking Mallrats. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm a bad movie friend. <laughs> he well, no, because Rob, Rob's Rob's exactly like Brody trying to introduce you to all this cool shit, and you're like not having it. Yeah, well, I, I just, you know what? Horror, like I, said, him, I think you know we've gotten lots thing. of great shows and these seen some great um of some of these horror classics what? now. So I think we're all working together here. Hold on, hold on. I couldn't get him to watch to be, this. To I couldn't get him to watch this, but I got him to watch fucking Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers. And he thought that shit, <laughs> and he thought that shit was hilarious. Like, remember, remember when uh the fucking Michael Myers was chasing up the little boy? He was like, leave her alone! And he was crying. <laughs> Mac, Mac thought that was the funniest shit. The little boy <laughs> crying in the corner holding the baby. Mac thought that was the funniest hilarious. shit. That's my favorite that's, thing. This in Salem's Lot where he choke slam that kid. Like, I want to save you by fucking kicking your ass. I love. <laughs> you know, one thing I gotta say real quick. I, I gotta say, I'm actually kind of jealous of Mac because, like, Mac gets to see all these movies for the first time. Yeah. yeah. And really gets to experience them. <laughs> yeah, but you get a, 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 a I, 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 I Mac, though, not a child. Right, like, right. If I was younger, Mac, I might enjoy, Mac. I might have been scared. Whoa. No, but here's the thing. Mac, Mac's level of I don't give a fuck about this hasn't changed since he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mac, <laughs> Mac doesn't put go. me on to some fire. Yeah, you're. I'm waiting to be scared. That's what I'm waiting for. No, like, no, no. Oh, I'm fucking gonna shit my Mac. pants. No, like, but like that's what I'm telling. That's what I'm telling you. Mac has a level of I don't give a fuck then, and is still comparable to his level of I don't give a fuck now. Not much scares me. But it, it's not about the scaring; it's about the experience, and we all want to recapture our first experience. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he says some great, great things conversationally for for these films, and I really like his. Oh, because. Because he's not an idiot. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate exactly. it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mac, Mac is not a dumbass. You know what I'm saying? And Mac is an intelligent person and he can speak on everything intelligent. He just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I want to be scared. Like, I, I know, and you just said it's not about being scared. But for me, in my mind, horror, like, I want I want blood and ah. Yeah, but like, yeah, like, yeah. I can curate a list for you. Hold on, hold on, but like Mac is like me, you know. We don't see scarier shit in real life, you know what I'm saying? So we're we're not that scared by fucking You'll horror see. movies. And- You'll see, but you know, I'm, I'm literally a while removed from that. All right, come on, we're running on. Go ahead, Nico. You're <laughs> next. <laughs> Go ahead, Nico. <laughs> All right. I mean, is ten like the highest I can go with this? You know, because you know I'm gonna go higher. Than that. Perfect. Go higher. I'm, no I'm, I'm gonna give it a hundred. I'm gonna give it a hundred out of ten. How about that? Yeah. All I'm right. gonna give it a hundred out of ten. See you next Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, um, what else was I gonna give this? This is my all-time favorite horror movie since the first time I saw it. The effects are fucking second to none. Forty years later, that transformation scene is still the gold standard. Not just for transformation oh, scenes. Created the makeup but, Oscar. Right, but but for practical effects as a whole, this is the gold standard. This is like the creme de la creme. This is what you know most makeup artists want to want to be is Rick Baker it's from this reference. movie. What he exactly? Um, well deserved Oscar for this too. One of, one of the first horror movies to actually win an Oscar when the Academy could no longer ignore the fact that, of the work that these guys were putting in, and they awarded it to Rick Baker finally. Like and then like in like in summer school when Chainsaw and Dave are giving their their speech and they they basically it's about Rick Baker winning the first Oscar for makeup for American Werewolf. Like couldn't have said it better. You know myself with that um like rob said uh david norton and and griffin dunn's chemistry is fucking off the charts uh jenny gutter fucking god she was a fucking dime back in the day um god she was gorgeous like perfectly cast um the supporting cast is fucking perfectly cast landis is a shithead yes but god damn it he made the greatest in my opinion this is the greatest art movie ever made this is oh, and i'm pointing to my poster that he signed one, one of the many three on, and on this one he put i didn't mean to call you a meatloaf jack on this one on the other Secret one i have line. he put he put beware the moon on this one he put i'm a fucking werewolf like <laughs> i i can go on i i love this movie to no end i watch it consistently um so i guess thanks to michael jackson's thriller for putting me onto this which which Real quick, I actually had the chance to go see Thriller in 3D when they released it with that Jack Black Kids movie. Cool. So I got to see it in 3D IMAX for the week that it was out, Thriller, and it was amazing. Yeah, so I remember. If they ever we... do it again, yeah, yeah. If they ever do it again, like absolutely go check it out. It's it's a it's a completely. I promise you, it's a whole different experience watching Thriller when you see it like that. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, the, the sound effects, the, the soundtrack with, with, you know, every song being Moon and the different variations of Blue Moon on the soundtrack, everything just clicks with this. It's fucking perfection. There's nothing wrong with this movie. Um, and, and you know, it is the greatest werewolf movie ever made. It is. 
there's i mean i, I you know i'm not, not and i don't mind the howling i think that the howling can't even hold American yeah there's, there's people who will argue with you about that but yeah. not, i don't think well but they're no, wrong no. and if and if you and if you go and watch i mean <laughs> they're but, wrong and and no and no no bullshit but if you go and look at a lot like like the the top 10 werewolf movies of all time this is always number one yeah, yeah. and and specifically it is because of that fucking transformation scene and how fucking like it's iconic and, and it yeah. hasn't really been done since like like in that in that manner i mean everything like we said i mean rick baker tried again in the remake for the wolfman which i actually like that movie too i like i do too movies yeah and i liked the wolfman remake i thought but i thought it was a little bit too cgi it was when it was more practical during that transformation scene that's when it worked yeah he he was he wasn't happy about them adding the cgi to it he wanted them to do it all practical and they wanted to add cgi he was pissed about that they also had uh, a reference to American Werewolf in London that because there's a fucking uh, a chaotic scene in a fucking square that resembles the, right. the scene in Piccadilly Circus in, uh, in, in, in this one that was a direct reference to this one so yeah like uh, going down the line this movie is still influential to all werewolf movies that, that as, come out as it. a matter of fact um, I know the uh, second episode of Creepshow with um with Jeffrey Combs when it's like oh, yeah. during like like oh, World yeah. War II where he's a Nazi the the fucking three werewolves one of them is the based on the Wolfman the other one is based on the, the werewolf from the Howling and the other one I think is uh is Kid Cudi I think is that one he's the um the werewolf from America he's David's werewolf from American Werewolf from London so yeah. like this movie is super influential it I mean fuck it actually influenced Thriller Michael Jackson made Thriller based on fucking American Werewolf yeah. yep I, I don't I don't know how much more uh, you know iconic you can get than that so 100 out of 10 see you next wednesdays okay uh ryan uh yeah this is a perfect movie uh literally perfect Uh, without it i don't know what my life would be like i'd probably be able to sleep a lot more uh other than that i'm not sure uh so given that it's a perfect movie i'm giving it six out of ten uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. It's a, a ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out Psych. of ten wolf boners, one hundred percent. Awesome. Okay. Uh, straight to the point. Uh, Dave. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. Surly hospital orderlies. Yes. I love I love the character. <laughs> I love that character. The actor was Albert Moses, who passed away in 2017. Mm-hmm. His character when he's pushing the cart. And she's and um, Jenny Gutter is asking him questions about David. He's like, I don't know. I just push things around. I just love. <laughs> I and that's another example I, I mentioned earlier about the sort of the ancillary characters who bring the comedy <laughs> to this movie. They're they're in it for like 15 seconds and they add so much of flavor to the to the to the stew. And I love his character. I just push things around. I don't know. And then when he, he brings the food to David, he's like, oh, we have a lovely breakfast for you. And he, David's like not having any of it. He's like, oh, OK. And I'll I'll collect the plates when you're done. He's so I just love that character. Yeah, I love this movie. I and love that- this. This was the earliest sort of example of comedy horror for me um, yeah. in 81. And um, it was a genre that I was built for. Yeah. The, and that, also, we, we didn't we didn't talk about that annoying little shit that always. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's no. a great. That's right. That's a great. Well, other comics. Do you like them? No. 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 Have you ever been beaten about the face and neck? No. 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 <laughs> yeah, another great example of like characters are in the movie for 15 seconds, but add so much to the flavor. Yeah, like Frank Oz. 
There's so many things we didn't talk about. I know this movie could go on for another we, hour. We don't have enough time, even in it. We, we have a long podcast, and yeah, so we can't get to everything about this film. But the, Mr. Yeah, Kessler, Kessler. Yeah, let's just quickly mention Frank Oz uh, as Mr. Uh, the fucking um, the fucking uh, embassy, embassy worker. Yeah, yeah, American embassy worker, Mr. Kessler, I, and I, Miss Piggy, and right. Yeah, let's yeah. say he's, he's hey, in his as Miss Piggy. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's fucking Yoda. You know, what I'm saying being the American yeah. embassy guy. You yeah. know what I'm <laughs> These damn kids never appreciate anything you do to him. He has that great line. You know, even yeah. Ma- even Mac mentioned that and shit in the fucking chat. You know, what I'm saying it was like the uh, like this motherfucker's mad about his friend dying and shit. That uh, and he's just sitting there talking shit. so i'm gonna take this moment to mark the occasion of one more for the pile of a perfect score those too often and um i'm happy to give this perfect score award to an american my wife in london um we will add it to our short list um of perfect scores it's hard to do with this many people i think Last time we did it was the thing, yeah. um, which and was amazing. So. And the, yeah. and the thing, yeah, deserved it. And so does this film. So and also now that that's out of the way, I'm going to uh, we're going to kind of head into plugs. Um, I want to go ahead and, and tell everybody like what we have coming up. Um, we're going to be doing the 2018 Halloween. We will be uh, doing a ghouls night out before Erica takes her you know sabbatical trip. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be doing uh, The Stepfather on Bulls Night Out. Uh, we will be covering Fright Night, which I'm pretty excited about because vampires are my thing. Um, which, is, which is also another movie that features uh, air bladder effects in it. Yes. yes. And we will talk about that. Um, and we're also going to be doing The Original Maniac with Joe Spinell, which I'm really Ooh. excited about. Tom Savini on effects. So I've got a lot to say. And we will be doing Goodfellas as a horror business episode. I'm so hyped for that. Too. Oh, my God. Yes. Goodfellas, is, that's going to be a fucking talk right there. If that doesn't get a perfect score, I'm going to be, I'm gonna be like, getting getting the shovel out. <laughs> some motherfuckers in my trunk with it. Get your fucking shine box. Get your fucking shine box. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll go home and get your fucking funny, shine box. Funny how? How am I funny? <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> much. You motherfucker, you. Motherfucker, you. Yeah, I can you motherfucker. <laughs> okay, so uh, for me, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Anything that has to do with um, the house that screams, you're going to find in my link tree. It's linktr.ee slash candy, the final girl. I keep it simple. Uh, we have some exciting things coming up uh, with the makeup line, final girl cosmetics US. Eric and I just finished designing the palette. And uh, I'll be putting out teasers for that. Uh, some some things we've got com- going on with that. But Otherwise, yeah, just all of our links to Twitter, um, Instagram, anything that you want. Um, Action Rockies podcast, our friends, um, their shows, everything's in my link trace. So there you go. And you can find me Instagram, Twitter, uh, Sean of the Dead. And shout out to uh, Ryan for being here with us. We love having you. And uh, to everybody listening. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to move in a circle here. Oh, okay. Rob, let's go first. All right. Of course, get me the get me the fuck out of the way. Um, 
of course, uh, all of my links are at uh, Linktree, uh, linktr.e uh, slash uh, the Cinema Junkie. We have links for, of course, my show, me and Max show, The Action Junkies, uh, this show, uh, his show, his upcoming show, uh, All Stars Animes, as well as my upcoming one, uh, Wrath of State, uh, about all about Jason Statham. Um, of course, shout out to our, our friends, um, uh, Mike Scott. At Atkins Undisputed, uh, yes. Ron over at Filmstrip, Lindsay over at Shock and All, Daniel over at um, uh, Cobwebs Podcast, and uh, my friend Matt Bledsoe over at uh, Film Fees. Um, yeah, uh, also, I uh, just wanted to take this time out, if I could, to, uh, as the date that we are recording this, we have just lost uh, the legend that is Sonny Chiba um one one of the the greatest action stars that ever lived so i just wanted to send a great big r.i.p to the legend that is sunny chiba god bless you and thank you for all the years for just extraordinary action entertainment you delivered to us and god bless you sir and in your trip to uh heaven's gates awesome okay uh ryan Sure. Uh, I have two podcasts, uh, The Coolness Chronicles, which is a history and legacy of the best movies possibly ever made. And I just started a year long deep dive into Airplane that uh, mm. actually by the time this episode drops, it will be in the uh, the middle of a month of John Landis episodes where I try to cover everything he did from the very beginning all the way till he was rightfully placed in director jail uh, and unfortunately not regular jail, which is too bad but that yes. comes up in the episode uh i also do another show called reels of justice which is a fake movie court where we have a a defender we have a prosecutor we have a jury we have a judge and we try a movie to see if it's guilty of being a bad movie and uh they're both available uh wherever you get podcasts wherever you can hear this you can find them uh social media i'm at coolness pod ryan on twitter uh instagram the coolness chronicles and Reels of Justice, if you just look up that name, you can find them on both Instagram and Twitter. And did it, did I just see that you had Mary Jo Peel? She, yeah, on today's episode, actually. Oh, that, that so was awesome. so much fun. She's oh the best. Oh, my God, I love Mary Jo. Wow. She yeah. crushed Fantastic episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, 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 we never die. But, but before we move on, uh, I, I will say that uh, uh, as much as I think John Landis is a shithead, he did make this. He did make uh, Trading Places, he which reaches into America. Yeah, yeah, coming to America. He made yeah, the uh, Stupids. Oh I love God. the Stupids. Um, uh, he also made uh, Animal House, which is probably one of the greatest comedies ever, if not the greatest comedy ever. The Kentucky <laughs> Fried Movie. Yeah, the, the, the Kentucky Fried Movie, which is an all-time favorite of mine, and my dad's. Um, the popcorn you have you are eating <laughs> has been pissed in. Pissed in. No <laughs> And, and also uh, Innocent Blood. Um, can't talk. Uh, I know you, your love of vampire movies, Candy, and then, uh, we can't talk about vampire movies without talking about Innocent Blood, which is a fantastic, highly underrated vampire movie. But yeah, uh, just wanted to mention that, but uh, fuck John Landis. <laughs> <laughs> so here's why we should love John Landis. By the way, fuck John Landis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we call that We call that tough love. Yes, yeah. we also call it, yeah, we can, is, you know, because there's a couple that we cannot separate the art from the artist, but we try to separate the art from the artist as much as possible. Um, you know, that's what we do as fans. Right, right. Hold on, what were you saying, Erica? Oh, uh, I really enjoyed his uh, episode on Masters of Horror uh, called Deer oh. Wolf. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that was good, too. And there, yeah. there's an actual American werewolf reference in that, too. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's considered canon in the events of that movie, or mm-hmm. that episode. 
Yeah, I love that episode. Okay, um, Matt, what do you got? Uh, I'll keep it sweet. Should thank you to the listeners. Shout out to all you guys. Everyone should be following you guys. Look for me and my brother, the Action Drunkies. Look for his show, Wrath of Statham. Yeah, I'll shout it out, I guess. Uh, look for me on my voiceover, Power Rangers Digital Beast, Power Rangers yes. Future Protectors. Yes. And uh, love all you guys, and thanks for listening. Oh, Mikey Eight Hands, I know you're still probably going through it. Love you, bro. Larry, yeah. shout out to everyone who supports everybody here. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, Erica? Oh, uh, find me on Instagram at My Horrific Life or on my website, MyHorrificLife.com. And that's pretty much it for now. Oh, Nico? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at El Jefe Del Horror. The bus. <laughs> um, everything else, I have a link tree on on both. Um, it has links to everybody on here for every show that that's featured on here or sister podcasts. Um, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, and um, just one real quick. I'm not sure if it'll be done in time. There's still tickets left for the Camp Blood event at the Mahoning, and Grady Hendricks will be there, the author of the Final Girl Support Group. Which, by the way, if you just haven't read it yet, you're doing a great disservice to yourself. That book is fucking phenomenal. I couldn't put it down. It's great. Yeah, I I like went right through. It was so fucking good. Like that. Yeah, I'm actually excited for the HBO show. I just hope that, that they don't fuck it up. Yeah. I hope not either. But yeah, those of us who read it, we're trying to put together an episode, so there may be an episode about that that you've already heard or are about to hear. <laughs> just just so we're aware. Also, I actually have the other books on my Amazon like cart to to purchase from that guy because I heard they're equally as good. They yeah, good. I've heard the same. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave. So if I had a link tree, it would just be links to all y'all's various uh, things. Um, uh, this is the best part of my week. I want to say about Sonny Chiba, um, I, uh, I mourned his passing because he was Invasion of the Neptune Men, which is one of my favorite Mystery Science Theater episodes. I love it's that a episode. Good one. It's a really I lo- good. He, they're being defeated by a wispy bachelor. I just love that <laughs> line so much. And it's just thank you for being here. I love this movie. The American War from London uh, is so is, is so meant so much to me, and it's just a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, to everybody. Same, same, man. I love this movie so much. I, I can never get tired of talking about it. I, talk I love it. it. Me too. Yeah, so much, so much. It's gonna be my turn soon to get to some of my favorites, where I'm like, they're gonna be like, God, Candy, please shut up. We've had a couple of those. We've done some Romero, so let's just say that. But. Um, <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing a, a Romero podcast, but I don't have time right now, so I'm just sort of lining it up. But I will do one. Um, it's in the work. Uh, also, I, I, I wanted to add on two little shout-outs because I want to be equal on this. Podcast of the Damned yes. and Ghoul Friends. They're, um, yeah, they're, they're just now putting stuff out. So uh, check out both of those podcasts. Um, I will have links to them in my link tree. They're not there yet, but they, I will be adding them. So by the time you hear this, they will be on there. So, yeah, and I just want to thank all of you for being here. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on to the show. Um, thank, thank you, you listeners. <laughs> thank you. And uh, I'm sure we'll have Ryan back again because he's such a lovely guest. Yeah. And uh, I love all you guys. Love you. Love yeah, you I love you guys. guys. Have a good night. Talk to love you. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.